0: On OTB Nation, welcome into episode number 307 of the award nominated, honorably mentioned number nine NCAA rank and of course, viewable on YouTube outside the box podcast, the official lacrosse podcast on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's KB and Deej coming at you with a fun show on deck. We got NLL to dive into, we got some very fun news from the PLL and some unfortunate news for a friend of the network that will not be partaking in champ series due to an injury. Uh, but we'll get into all of that. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at OTB Lax Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, were six followers from a hunch on TikTok. Very, very close. Uh, so hopefully we hit that this weekend um so follow us on the talk and all of our socials follow dj on twitter at scs underscore next great follow me at KBIZZL 311 subscribe to the podcast feed apple spotify wherever you leave get your podcast in audio form leave a five-star review it really does help the show continue to grow helps more people find our entire network as a whole lets us you know hit new milestones and allows us to do more dope stuff for and with you guys so go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts in audio form uh and of course subscribe to the underground sports philadelphia youtube channel youtube.com at underground sports philadelphia most effective and direct way to help us continue growing as a company every single piece of video content we put out goes on our youtube channel full video episodes of this show every week live streams original video content every show on our network it's all on the YouTube channel, and we are currently sitting at 726 subscribers as of this portion of the recording. Keep subscribing. Still trying to get to 800 before the end of the month, uh, so go subscribe, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And, of course, get your merch. Apparel.co is the place to get it. We said last week that if you're going to Champ Series and you're wearing OTB merch – you show us that you're subscribed, we're going to hook you up in some way or form. We're still conjuring up ideas, but it's going to happen. Uh, So go get your merch. PHIapparel.co is the site. Gear up for Champ Series, your favorite NLL team. Uh, Rep OTB when you're going to your lacrosse games, when you're shooting around in the backyard. Maybe you're getting ready for your high school season. Who doesn't want to shoot around in an OTB hoodie in those colder months that begin at the beginning of the season? Uh, go to phiapparel.co, get your OTB shirts and hoodies, Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch, Philly sports merch if you're a Philly sports fan. And when you go to check out, use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your orders. It's the most effective and direct way to support us and everything we're doing here at Underground Sports Philadelphia and for OTB. So get your merch, phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND for 10% off, and use the OTB hoodie. It's going to look pretty fire with this hat I got on right now. If you're watching on the YouTube, shout out to the homies over at TLN hooked your boy up with the Black Script uh Lacrosse Network snapback, John. That looks absolutely clean. But wait, Deej. But wait. But wait. They got one for you too. Oh, I oh, you waited.
1: You waited. Oh, I'm going to cry.
0: Shout out to to Pool and the boys over at TLN for hooking up the pod with some TLN merch. Um, hats absolutely fire. Fits perfectly. I was thinking I know, about getting
1: the blue one, but I know they
0: got that blue one dropping on Friday. I might just
1: hold off now.
0: But this thing is thanging. Goes with everything. It's like a cream color, too. It's not exactly white. It's like a little off-white, like cream color with the black.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Goes with everything. Everything. So fire! Shout out to TLN. Go! I'm sure everyone that listens to this podcast is already following them. If you're not, go follow the boys. Um, did you see Pulski's tweet the other day? Though it might have been an Instagram post, but something. This man got every original Pokemon card framed. Yeah, I was like, bro, I am beyond jealous.
1: That's next level stuff.
0: That was Not insane. That I can't collect that much of anything. Dude, I was so jealous as an OG Pokemon stan <laughs> to where every single day I bring it up to my parents. I'm like, y'all shouldn't have invested. Y'all should have got some stock in Game Freak, Konami, whatever it may have been at the time. Nintendo, because... I was a, and still am. I still play Pokemon games to this day. Still play the trading card game when I'm chilling. I was a fiend. That framed image of the original Pokemon cards was so sick. And then did you see his bracelet he got too? Off of Etsy, I think.
1: I did not see the bracelet. It's a
0: bracelet with all original eight gym badges. Oh, that's sick. It's so sick. I was like, my guy just gets it. The ones that get it, get it. The ones that don't, they just don't. And that's okay. And I think Pokemon is one of the coolest things that has become like a timeless piece of pop culture in the last however long 30 plus years. Is that no matter how old or how young you are, you can pick up a console and play Pokemon and you're vibing
1: and collect cards and it, the whole thing is still very live pokemon go like
0: pokemon go was a time bro you remember pokemon og go, pokemon. era pokemon go like 2016 yes. yes everyone talks about summer 16 like the drake album like that summer was just a am- bro it was pokemon go is what i remember from summer 16 fucking us going down to the jersey shore like the actual jersey shore not the one from the show uh and going down to like ocean city Me and the boys on the boardwalk at, like, 11 o'clock at night. Boardwalk was flooded with people. I forget if I told you this story. There was some dude on a bike going up and down the boardwalk the one night we were down there. Had, like, a boombox wrapped around his bike just blasting the Pokemon TV show theme song. (laughs) It was a vibe and everyone was just chilling, playing Pokemon Go, having fun. I was like, this is, this is, it was like the, uh, the proper society meme where it's like, if this happened, this would be the world. And it was just a a perfect society. It was amazing.
1: I miss Pokemon Go that, that summer was a next level summer. I mean, that was right before my senior year of high school. So like football, music, fun, friends, Pokemon Go, like, outside of the drake album because i don't really like drake music was at a top tier like it has pretty much progressively declined since then 2016 i was like heavy into lacrosse too i had no clue pro was going on but like i was super into college i, I re-watched the north carolina maryland championship like 12 times that summer that was the first one i'd saw though so like i still rewatch that one to this day so if you ever need a good college game to watch 2016 National Championship, North Carolina, Maryland, Chris Cloutier doing his thing, beating Kyle Burnlore like he's done so many times in his career, OT game winner. I still remember where I was sitting the day of that game. So, yeah, that, that summer was next level, and I don't think it'll ever get better than Pokemon Go.
0: We have Pokemon Go, the Beyonce Lemonade album came out in 2016 uh the cubs won the world series the long-standing national nightmare of that um the harry potter universe expanded with fantastic beasts the um the harambe memes harambe was 2016 oh harambe Unreal year of superhero movies, Batman vs Superman, Deadpool, Suicide Squad, Captain America, Doctor Strange. Hulk Hogan took down Gawker.
1: (laughs) Bro, 16 was lit. Hamilton. 16 was lit. We're never going to get a year like that again.
0: It was nuts. Leonardo DiCaprio won his Oscar.
1: what a year we've been a steady decline since then what a year ripped to life
0: (laughs) (laughs) let's uh let's get into it uh we had ourselves not a great week of picks in terms of uh lacrosse in week eight of the nll season but good games nonetheless regardless uh the New York Riptide did that fucking New York Riptide thing that we should have seen coming because we talked about it. Yep. And they did it again. And right. they go to Banditland and win 15-13. Toronto, the one team that helped us not look like absolute imbeciles last week, pull out a 12-9 victory over the Georgia Swarm. Lyle Thompson scores his 300th career goal in style. That was a nasty, nasty goal in the best way possible of using the word nasty.
1: I mean, that that was when my tweet came out. I, I couldn't help it. But, like, it, that's just the most Lyle Thompson NLL goal you're going to find. Swim dodge across the face, getting across the crease, going airborne, making out the On goal. On Rosie, nonetheless. It's, it's just everything. If I could break down a Lyle Thompson lacrosse play in a box game, it is that. And that is what I would show everybody. Like, this is the greatness of box lacrosse. This right here. And then you flip over, uh, you know, to – and that's coming off of the game the night before where you see – that was just physical. And it's just this weekend was the perfect example of why lacrosse is an amazing sport. From the physicality uh, to the strength to the skill to guys like Lyle Thompson.
0: We posted Lyle's 300th career goal on TikTok. It's one of my most viewed uh, videos. Love that. Um, San Diego does the unthinkable and doubles up the once undefeated Albany Firewolves. And I saw a hilarious tweet that said, water greater than fire. Um, <laughs> and the Seals go on the road and beat the Albany Firewolves 14-7. to 7. And I saw a tweet from... Friend of the program, hopefully soon to be guest on this show, Teddy Jenner, that said, is everything okay in Albany? Because this looks like last year's Firewolves. And that was not ideal to to see the comparison of what we've seen through the first six games of this Firewolves team up until last week to then be compared to last year's team that won three games all year.
1: Not a good a comparison, but I think a little bit of a stretch Mm -hmm. um realistically like what it looked more so to me was an off night it wasn't that they weren't creating opportunities it wasn't that they were playing bad defense just simply san diego capitalized off of the shots that they got and albany couldn't Mm -hmm. they just couldn't get past chris oligari who had a fantastic game like that that's the first part of this is oligari was unreal much like he was uh, in that uh, year after the COVID series that you saw, War on the Floor, when he had to step in for Frank, he was fantastic. That is what he looked like Saturday night. He was a literal brick wall, and it was you had to shoot into the smallest of windows perfectly to get it in the net, and that's just not going to happen too many times. Albany m- created good shots, had good offense, played solid defense in transition. They simply just couldn't capitalize when they needed to and San Diego did. I don't think this is a case where they're slipping back into old habits. It was just an off night, which you're gonna have from time to time in any sport in any league. And San Diego was ready and on fire.
0: Yeah, uh a regular area had 43 saves in this game.
1: The chances of you beating somebody with 43 saves are slim to none. Unless you're playing, you know, a team like uh Vancouver, who we've seen do that multiple times where they just can't get it going offensively and their goalie just can't save them all. But now, realistically, 43 saves in a, in a game is a win. Do I sound
0: crazy here? Because Doug Jameson started this game, gave up seven goals, had 17 saves in 30 minutes. Justin Getty came in in relief of Dougie Jameson had six goals scored against him, had 28 saves in 29 minutes and 59 seconds. But Justin Getty, according to the score sheet, is credited with the loss.
1: That's interesting.
0: I don't know how that gets justified in terms of who gets awarded.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure who's... A win
0: and a loss. Yeah. In this, like... But it feels like Cause Doug started and gave up seven goals in 30 minutes. So that's halftime. I mean, it's not like it was a tie game at halftime. Like Albany was losing seven to two. I could understand if it was tied at halftime and then you pulled him and it's like, okay, it's almost like a brand new game, kind of like baseball Mm -hmm. where pitcher who comes in when it's tied is now on the hook for the, the winner loss. I mean, Justin Getty stopped the bleeding to a degree, but...
1: I mean, 7-5 is much favorable than 7-2.
0: It was 7-2 at halftime, and then... Dougie walks out with a no decision? I guess so. And that's no slight on either guy. It's just interesting. The determination there. So if anybody knows why that happened, let us know in the YouTube comment section, because we might just sound crazy and don't know why, but, um, I think the other thing too, is like to pony piggyback on, uh, a regular area having 43 saves. Like Alex Simmons had one goal in this game on 15 shots.
1: Yeah. You can't expect to win a game. If guys are going to shoot one for 15,
0: Ethan Walker was one goal on eight shots. Uh, See, Travis Longboat was one for five. Ty like, Curtis was one for four.
1: See, that's four different goal scorers already, which is fine. You want to be able to spread it around, but some of those guys have to be – Nathan Grennan was scoring, 0 for four. Got to be scoring multiple times or you're not going to win a game. Everybody can't shoot one for whatever and expect to win
0: mm-hmm. unless
1: you're going to have just an unbelievable defense on the opposite side and then you're winning games like Colorado was last year freaking – Eight six and nine, nine five and just stupid scores like that. But how often is that happening in the NLL? Almost never.
0: And I mean, faceoffs are pretty even too. Trevor ended up like, or San Diego, I should say, ended up winning uh, the faceoffs. I don't know if there were any uh, penalties or anything that prevented guys from taking faceoffs or anything that switched up towards the end of the game of having somebody else take it. But it was thirteen to eleven in terms of faceoffs,
1: That's Remember not bad. San
0: Diego, it's not bad at all. This game could have gotten a lot uglier, too. San Diego was only three for nine on the power play. That tells a story, too, is Albany was just not disciplined. Nine penalties to San Diego is like a death sentence with the talent that they have offensively.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to, to stop a team like that if you're going to give them odd number of opportunities that often like you're going to get a couple penalty stops. minutes so you're going to get a couple stops on the pk but realistically you're going against one of the best uh power plays in in the country probably in the world honestly so giving them that many opportunities i think what what was that nine but i guess nine,
0: nine power plays and 18 total penalty minutes
1: yeah can't do that if you want to win the game
0: and Albany went two for four on the power play, which, like, that's solid. Like, going 50% or better on the power play in any game is good.
1: The power play this year has been subpar. And not even just Albany, just across the league. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of power plays are struggling to score. They're getting good looks, but they're not putting the ball in the back of the net. It's it's an interesting look I've seen where it's like, do teams even want to go on the power play at this point it seems the wings are like one team that's thriving on the power
0: play but they've a, always done that
1: yeah the wings are doing well buffalo isn't doing bad either obviously san diego but like i think after those i think georgia's actually doing pretty well in the power play as well but i think after those 3 it takes a pretty significant drop
0: i'm trying to see <laughs> i'm looking at just like the uh the stats page here I'm going to give you a guess, because I like that they're tracking this. Penalty minutes is a stat being tracked on the NLL website. Uh, Can can you guess who leads the league in penalty minutes? Is it Ian? No. No.
1: Give me a team or Georgia's a conference. Georgia Again. Swarm. Is it Macintosh?
0: You're close.
1: I'm pulling up George's roster.
0: As soon as you see it or as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, yep, that checks out.
1: <laughs> Mike Manley. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that. That does track. It, My other guess would have been bombary But Mike
0: Manley's got 36 penalty minutes this year, <laughs> and Jeff Henrik is also in the top five from the Georgia Swarm uh, in the league in penalty minutes with 27. So, between the two of them, they have almost a full NLL game worth of penalty
1: minutes. (laughs) Look at Jake Withers coming in strong at 26. Jake Withers is
0: also, by far and away, leading the league in loose balls at 86. Next closest is Nards at 66.
1: Yeah, he's been raking it at the stripe. Alex Simmons tied with Josh Byrne and Dane Smith for leader in points.
0: And he's doing it on both ends.
1: No surprise, Teet and Thompson are 2-1 and one in, in goals.
0: Like, Alex Simmons has 17 goals and 23 assists.
1: He's third in both categories. Look at it. Joe Post is doing well for Ratchelor. Mm-hmm. Simmons almost has 100 shots on goal already.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: Heats leading the league in turnovers, though, with 25.
0: It's always been a problem of his.
1: Dobson leads the league in saves, though, with 261. Oh, Origliari's full name is Christopher.
0: What do you think Chris was short for?
1: Bro, some people actually just named Chris.
0: (laughs) Those people are psychopaths.
1: (laughs) Okay, sorry for thinking a goalie would be a psychopath. Good counterpoint. (laughs) Jesus. Names aren't synonymous, man. Everybody doesn't have the same name. Every Chris is not a Christopher. It's not like squares and rectangles. Well, I guess it kind of is. It kind of Christ- is. Yeah, every Christopher is a Christian. Every Chris is a Christopher.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> I'm not that smart. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, But yeah, I mean, the rest of the games, Vancouver comes back, just takes down Saskatchewan on. Throwback night, and then uh, Colorado gets the home dub against your Roughnecks, thirteen to ten. A big time win for the Mammoth.
1: Watching that one sucked because it was like we had it the entire game, and then toward the end of the third, it just slowly slipped from the fingers. Like every time, like every turnover, every uh, empty possession, every lost faceoff, I could just feel it getting farther and farther away. And then Colorado took the lead and I was like, yep, that's it. And and it was, and, and it sucked to see, but that's kind of where Colorado has been. They're still two and three, very much still in the fight. So not too concerned, but they're going into a very tough stretch in the year. The transition game is what has to go for Calgary. It wasn't there against Colorado, Colorado, but that's more on Colorado putting an emphasis on transition, getting back, stopping the, the long outlets from Del Bianco, or, or just that save, that.
0: Christian Del Bianco had was absolutely absurd, by the way.
1: <laughs> Bruh,
0: <laughs> like that was some ridiculous ass shit. Because I'd, I'd already, already seen it,
1: I'd already written it off as a goal, so that I started insane. screaming. I, st- I literally started screaming because I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just in a position where they have to have the transition going. They're not the same team without the transition. It, it gets them kind of the odd end goals they need to stay uh, in the mix, but it also just forces teams into a faster-paced game that most teams don't want to play against them because they have the bodies and, and the skill to run that transition game and be up and down. Um, so they really just got to force that issue if they want to be able to continue to compete and, and get into the playoffs. But I'm not too concerned yet at 2-3. and three. Um, but a very tough stretch coming up for for the Roughnecks.
0: Yo, Connor Robinson oh. went <laughs> no goals, six assists. <laughs> Had a sock trick on assists, and then uh, I think it's fair to say I was right about Connor Kelly in the NLL. Said it preseason uh, that I felt like nobody was really talking about, like the Mammoth acquiring him, and that he was going to be. Not a full time like uh replacement for Ryan Lee, but he was going to do things to help alleviate that missing piece of Ryan Lee. He had four goals in this game. Connor Kelly, not a notorious box lacrosse player, obviously way more known for his field game. Coming in scoring four goals on Christian Del Bianco. It's pretty impressive. He's had a great year so far.
1: And, and, like
0: it's only going to make his, his play with the Waterdogs that much better. And I've loved what I've seen from him just on this team and, and being in the mix on this offense. The only thing for the Mammoth that I take away from this game is the same thing I took away from last week. Like Eli McLaughlin got his, Connor Robinson was dishing, and then Connor Kelly led the way with goals. But I still want to see more from Zed, and I still want to see more from Tyson Gibson. Like, both of those guys are way too talented to walk away with a combined three points in this game. And this game could have gotten a lot more out of hand, too, because Colorado went 0 for 4 on the power play. Could have been a lot worse. Impressive night at the stripe for Colorado, 19 of 27. Get you those possessions, win those those loose balls. But it could have been a... Much uglier game than what it ended up being if Colorado cashed in on the power play.
1: I, the thing with like Zed is it's so hard for him to get his in box
0: mm-hmm.
1: because the Colorado setup and an offensive game plan is not similar to San Diego's or what Calgary had or has really. Um. Because when you look at his style of play, he's very similar to Dane Doby. Mm-hmm. But when you watch Dane and and Lyle Thompson, Jesse King, they're given space to try a few moves and then kind of just make their way to the net. Like they're more apt to dodge in box, which you don't see a lot. It's more pick and roll, more just getting the open space, cutting, catching a pass. Those guys are – they've created space within their game plan and their offensive flow for those guys to get space to create their own shot. Colorado does not do that for Zed. And all of a lot of his opportunities where he does get to do that are off broken plays toward the end of the shot clock where he's just trying to get something on net. It's like create that opportunity for him. Clear out a side. Get him in a nice matchup and let him go one-on-one. There aren't too many guys in the NLL – in the world and field that can guard Zed one-on-one. So create that space and then do some exchanges and and other uh, backside picks, off-ball cuts, those kind of things to still have the movement so that they can't just go over and double and, and you have things that he can go to if that is stopped. But you want to be able to create space and opportunity for one of your best players. Right now, Colorado just doesn't have that in their book for Zed. And I think if they go to that, he can be, or if he decides... I shouldn't say decides. If they find out a way to get him moving mm-hmm. so that he can be more lethal, those are one of the two ways. Either they have to find a way to integrate him into the offense in a way that gets him open shots, or they just have to give him space to dodge.
0: Yeah. And yeah. your standings after week eight look a little some, some, some. Shout out to Swizz Beats like this one undefeated team remaining. The Toronto Rock stay perfect at 5-0. Albany now 6-1. San Diego at 4-2. Rochester at 3-2. Georgia at 4-3. Buffalo at 3-3. Las Vegas and Philadelphia both at 2-3. And then the Calgary Roughnecks, Panther City, and Halifax also at 2-3. New York, Vancouver, and Colorado at 2-4. And Saskatchewan at the bottom of the table at one and four. And speaking of Saskatchewan, they made a change this week with their coach, offensively-wise speaking. And uh, Derek Keenan is now doing what he did in 2021-2022 and is back on the bench for Saskatchewan following the change there. Um... I'm trying to pull up the full-on thing here with the story that was put out from Saskatchewan, but uh, not ideal to be five games into your season, eight weeks into the year, and you're already making a change. I guess, you know, I saw Cody Jansen, who we're working on getting on this show, uh, does play-by-play for The Rush, put a a tweet out and said, you know, at least it's happening now rather than the way it happened a couple years ago where it was towards the end of the year and you just didn't have enough time to capitalize on the change per se. Um, I don't know. it's, It's not great that you're already making a change there but I guess get out in front of it now and try to make the change rather than wait and it be too little too late.
1: I agree but like we talked about a little bit off pod and this stuff it's like he's got to make they have to make a decision over there. It's like last time they obviously just got a new coach it's like they just didn't make the right decision like they rushed into it or something it's like <laughs> just take I, that actually wasn't intentional
0: i know that's why it was funny
1: <laughs> um wow uh yeah um pun totally intended there they just need to take the time to find the candidate that's going to be best for them and i know it's a lot to be on the bench, but also be GM and doing the front office and, and those kind of things. But just take the time. And and if it takes the entire season and a little bit of the offseason, fine. But it's going to be worth it because you won't have to do this again. I think that's just kind of a space where you find the perfect candidate. So, I mean, I think Keenan's really the, the guy that has a choice here first, like, Does he want to be GM or does he want to be coach? Like, which one does he kind of want to take the stab at to to truly do? And then you find a candidate in the other position that is going to do the job so that you don't have to be back in this position. Go and find the best quality candidate you can and then move forward from there. I'm guessing he's going to slide back into the GM spot more than coaching. So go find a good coach. And if that takes you time, So be it, but you don't want to be back in this situation anytime soon. So take your time. There's no, no rush, literal pun intended this time. You have nothing but time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the, the press release
0: general manager Derek Keenan announced that Saskatchewan have relieved Bruce Alexander of his coaching duties. Quote, I owe it to the players, our staff, our fan base, and ownership to do whatever it takes to turn this ship in the right direction. Said Keenan, we are very close, but close isn't good enough in the NLL. Moving forward, Derek Keenan will take over duties as co-head coach alongside Jimmy Quinlan. Quote, I see so many good things with this young group, and I want to take a more hands-on approach. I am excited and look forward to this opportunity. Said Keenan, Jeremy Televy will stay on the bench as the defensive coordinator, while goalie coach Evan Kirk will take on a more active role with the club for the rest of the season. The Rush would like to thank Bruce for all of his contributions to the organization. Um, we were talking, like you said, we were talking about it off-pot, and it's like, Derek Keenan's not done this twice in the history of this show. It gets to a point where, like, he has to determine, do I want to be the, the all-encapsulating type of coach where i'm the coach and gm which we see a lot of teams have that and it's successful paul day uh michael you you see it across the league and it works you know patrick merrill is the coach and gm of the seals like in a lot of instances it works but Derek keenan i think has to evaluate for himself he wants to take a more hands-on approach he wants to write this ship He's got to determine for the betterment of the club, like, okay, is the best interest of us getting better me going and just taking over this position full time and being the coach and GM, putting the pieces in place for us to succeed, knowing that it's my moves I'm making as a a member of the front office and then my coaching style being implemented because when he did take over in 2021-2022 down the stretch the rush went 4-0 and but it was just too little too late for them to make the playoffs and they just missed out he obviously has the ability to to coach up this team it's just a matter of him I think coming to terms with do I want to be both roles moving forward or am I going to try and find somebody at the end of the year to do this again? And then potentially we're doing this same song and dance for a third time with the rush. It feels very at a breaking point where like Derek Keenan needs to make
1: a decision for himself. I just don't know what's in the best them they do and that's the biggest thing is they'll find out what's best for them moving forward and and go with that but maybe it's not so much of a bad idea for him to be gm and coach it works out in multiple ways you know your players on on different levels and you're able to make things flow in a way that other organizations can't because you're working multiple areas of that as well so it could be a plus or or a negative, but it just it's really dependent on what he feels he can do. Mm-hmm. If he feels like it's going to be too much on his plate, then it, him taking on both roles won't be good. Um, but then, if he uh, coming along with that is, does he feel like there's a quality candidate that can do either job, so that he can do one or the other, which then is another separate issue. So I think. That's their biggest thing is, one, finding out what he actually wants to do and what's the best decision for them. And then, two, finding out if there is a quality candidate at either job at either job that they want to go with.
0: Yeah, and I mean, both Jimmy Quinlan and Jeremy Tulevi have been with the team uh, for quite some time now. So, like, there's been consistency there. And, you know, now you've gone – from Jeff McComb being your head coach to firing him. He's now the offensive coordinator with the wings uh, to then Derek Keenan taking over. And then you hire a new coach. You're one in four. You fire that guy. Derek Keenan is now back on the bench. It also like raises, I think if you're looking to become a head coach, like do you even think about taking a job in Saskatchewan right now because you don't know how long your job security is going to last before Derek Keenan comes in and is like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take over. That's another thing just for the organization as a whole that they have to figure out is we have Derek Keenan here. He's willing to be a hands-on coach GM we should just give him the reins I don't think you need to go through another head coaching search after this season and you're doing that with a coach potentially not wanting to come to your organization because you don't know how long the leash will be before your GM steps in again potentially fires you and takes over the role like, that's an organizational thing. Not saying it's going to happen, but that's something that if you're an aspiring head coach in this league, you got to kind of keep that in the back of your mind, knowing that if potentially times get tough, I could be on the hot seat within the blink of an eye.
1: I would hope that every coach feels that way. I can't even really be fired from my high school coaching job, and I still feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it, that's just how it is you know like you should feel at any moment like your job is is on the hot seat so like i get that they're doing that a lot but it's just like
0: like you don't want to get stuck in that cycle
1: to me it goes back to them not picking like a quality candidate like just pick one and then stick with them for a little bit sure the first little bit isn't going to be good it's it's not they're coming in they're setting new president setting a new culture Running a new offense, defense, doing things the way they want to do it. So it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit of time. Maybe not to the end of the year or, or at the end of the second season. Now three, four, five seasons in, okay. But the first couple seasons are gonna be a little rough because it's new. That's what happens with change. I, I think with the next guy, they one find somebody who they feel is truly quality, and then give him time to really set things up and, and create. A winning culture, uh, another winning culture, because it's not like S- uh, Saskatchewan doesn't know what that's like. They, they've they won plenty of NLL chips, but it's getting back to that and, and getting that new form that that's going to bring that success in. It's going to take time to go to that.
0: Yeah, which is also why it's a little concerning, too, where like, you know, it's going to take time for us to kind of get this new era going and it's like five games in to this new head coach's regime. You're already pulling the cord on it. That's I think the biggest point of concern and I get like wanting to get out in front of it and you think you have the talent to win and all that kind of stuff. But you're also in an era where like you just shipped out the face of your franchise in the off season because you knew it was going to be a a new iteration of this team. You knew growing pains were going to be there and putting young players in a position where it's like, damn, we're already on to head coach number two of the year it's a tough thing to just want that model of consistency that you had where you won three out of four championships. You got to kind of go through some growing pains a little bit. And I don't know if five games was enough to determine that. And I'm not saying it's a good decision or a bad decision either way that remains to be seen, but you also don't want to get stuck in that cycle of like, Oh, every other year we're firing our
1: coach. I just don't think, uh, I, I wonder how much of this was like locker room based kind of stuff, like you know Which how much we'll probably more, never know, right? But I'm just you know thinking like was was Keenan talking to the guys or like overhearing things and just they didn't feel like coach had the locker room. Not that they didn't want to give him the time, but it's like you can be struggling. Like a perfect example is is my high school team, my first year coaching. We didn't win a single game, but I had all of them come back the next year and bring friends to come and play because they enjoyed it. They had fun. They felt like we were going to get better and on a mission. Same thing works in a pro locker room. Mm -hmm. Guys understand how it goes. You're not going to have good – like you're going to have a bad season here and there. You're going to have off nights, going to have off games. But if you feel like your coach is actually setting you up for success and wants to help you progress and wants to get to that eventual uh, goal of a championship and is – doing it in the right way you feel okay with backing him up you feel great playing for him and you want to play for that guy and and you're you're bought I want to say bought him but you believe in the process that's going to go on and and you're you're diving head for, head first into it putting in all your effort if you're not people are going to see that gms are going to ask questions owners are going to be like okay what's the next move Because our locker room doesn't believe this guy has it. So do we even believe this guy has it? And I think that's kind of where things may have gone. But like you said, we literally will never know because we're not in the locker
0: room. Yeah. Um, So we'll see what happens there. And then the other news that came out this week, too, which will segue us into our week nine preview is uh, the boy, friend of the program, Josh Byrne, signs a five-year contract extension with the Buffalo Bandits. And Dane Smith's tweet about it was absolutely hilarious. Um, Both of those boys staying put in Banditland for the next half decade. Congrats to Josh. Absolutely deserved. Um, And he wrote a letter to Banditland that is on their website that said, Dear Banditland, growing up, I dreamed of playing professional lacrosse. I looked up to players like Kevin Alexander, John Tavares, and John Grant Jr., idolizing them. And the creativity they played with, I would always try to take pieces of their game along the way to add to my own. You're always fighting to have people believe in you when you're younger, to find your place. It wasn't until I dra- was drafted and played my first game that I knew I was meant where I was meant to be, Banditland, Land. Bandit Land is a special place. It's a place where it doesn't matter how old you are or the color of your skin. When I walked into the arena, I became a part of the family and you have treated me and my family like one of your own. I always try to take time to reflect and remember how lucky I am to play in Buffalo. There's so much about the city that I've fallen in love with over the last seven years. I've witnessed firsthand the city's character and ability to overcome any obstacle in its way. I've seen the amount of love that people pour into this city and the way Buffalo comes together through trying times. There's a whole lot more in here, but it's a great you know, piece from Josh Byrne. We'll link it in the description. Go read that bad boy. And congrats to the boy. Big-time contract extension. You don't see five-year deals get thrown around the NLL too often.
1: But, I mean, look at those dudes. <laughs> those are two dudes you offer five years to. You know what you're going to be getting from them for at least the next three just because of you know their age and where they're going in their career and the way it's it's projecting up. You, you know you're going to get very solid uh, top five, top ten, Uh, forward of the year kind of production for them for the next five years why not and maybe even you know some years after that they love the city they love playing for it they're you know one of the the huge pieces leader pieces of your team lock them in for as long as you can that makes the people around them feel more secure you know when when a guy like that wants to be there accepts a contract like that and then puts out a note like that they're like okay you know, this guy loves what he has going on here. Why wouldn't I want to stick around, too? Um, they, the core pieces are the important part to building championship teams. Buffalo's already done it once with this team. I'm sure they want to continue doing it. And like you said, just a guy that absolutely deserves it. And and he's going to have uh, many, many plays that people remember for a very long time, both in the NLL and, and PLO.
0: Yeah, shout-out to Bernsey uh, But we got Week 9 on deck, and uh, it's looking a little something like this. The games this week, we got one game on Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern time, Colorado at Vancouver, and then we move to Saturday. The rest of the slate, 6 p.m. Eastern time, gets us started on Saturday as Rochester takes on Halifax at the Nest. Should be a good one there. Speaking of Buffalo, they go to Toronto to take on The Rock at 7 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. We've got two games that face off at that slot in the schedule. Georgia at New York to take on the Riptide, and then Trevor Baptiste returns to Philadelphia for the first time since the trade on Emo Night at the Wells Fargo Center uh, as the Wings host the Seals. I'll be there holla at your boy hopefully shake shack is open no free ads but third time's the charm this year uh and then saturday january 27th at 10 p.m eastern time the Nightcap las vegas host panther city second time those teams will face off this season what are you looking forward to most each on this absolutely loaded schedule of games we have
1: um obviously the return of Trevor Baptiste to Philadelphia will be circled. Um, Georgia-New York rematch is always fun. Uh, Those two teams get after each other a bunch. Rochester-Halifax have been two of the more exciting teams offensively in the year. So I want to see, is anybody going to slow anybody down or is that just going to be one of those games that we see that's like 18-16 and nobody can believe that that many goals can be scored in a game? Um, And then obviously the game of the week, is the one in the middle the the buffalo toronto can buffalo build off what they did last week keep progressing forward well the last couple weeks they lost last week but their offense has finally kind of found their footing and has really taken off are they going to continue to score at that clip and and be the first ones to uh eclipse a a unbeaten mountain or is toronto going to continue to roll
0: yeah that's always a fun one rochester halifax is going to be a doozy of a matchup it's going to be high scoring i'm looking forward to that big time uh should be a good face-off match at the stripe too between jake withers and joe post um wings in san diego hopefully no weather delays anything it's only supposed to rain on saturday so that's good um the uh the matchup there is going to be fun trevor should get a nice uh tribute video and we get to see nick rowlett for the first time in the box game which is going to be a lot of fun as well and then uh vancouver and colorado sneaky fun single game on friday i think that's going to be a lot of fun to take in um get your caffeine ready if you're on the east coast because 10 p.m eastern time start for that one um and then also too i did want to mention there was a date announced for the rescheduling of the postponed Wings-Saskatchewan game that was supposed to take place a couple weeks ago. Uh, that will now happen on Thursday, March 28th at the Wells Fargo Center. So we have Thursday night lacrosse uh, going down in March now with that rescheduled game. So if you're a Wings fan, uh, I know the Wings posted this on their social media, but the your ticket for that game, works for the Thursday rescheduled game now. Um, So if you had intentions of going to that January 13th matchup that got postponed, your ticket is still valid for March 28th and uh, we'll see you at the Wells Fargo center on a Thursday night for NLL action, which is very exciting. We we thought we were going to go a whole season without Thursday or Monday lacrosse.
1: Come on script writers
0: cooked with that weather delay.
1: Couldn't have been that foolish. Not the script writers, bro. Stop it. Stop it. We're not the NFL. We're not big enough for that yet. You we weren't yet. were yet we are coming. Script writers will be around the corner soon.
0: It's like SpongeBob in his uh, boating school episode. He's writing the letter T for the.
1: Hey, you know new SpongeBob got a license?
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I stopped watching after I saw that. I'm like, this, this is fake. What bootleg SpongeBob? Not is my it? SpongeBob. He ain't never. He driving? I am going to get off the real roads. Yeah. He's... What the hell? Because
0: <laughs> he shouldn't be. Only thing he ever drove in my lifetime was being entrenched in the the pectoral muscles of David Hasselhoff in the SpongeBob movie.
1: Well, no, they let him drive the the Patty Mobile thing. I couldn't believe he was able to drive yeah, that too. That was that didn't make sus. sense. <laughs> that did not make sense. Nope. That thing
0: okay. had to be automatic driver that, that was, the was there for tesla. show
1: that was first tesla <laughs> that, was that, was a, that was a kresla <laughs> and introducing the crusty crab tesla collab <laughs> eel
0: on musk stop stop it <laughs> um Quick question before we go over to the pick pond and make our picks. Do you think it's good uh, for Albany to have a bye week this week coming off of that Mm -hmm. loss?
1: Yes. Yes. If I could have multiple days, even if I could have like three days in between a loss and another game at the high school level, I would love that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just got to sit in it. And that was a tough loss, 14-7, getting doubled up, not being able to really score, but having opportunities. That one eats at you. So I think this is just one of those ones where they're going to they're gonna be able to sit in it for a week, get some practice time in. But realistically, it's like, dude, we lost. And now they're going to be able to just kind of refocus, look at the film, see what was good and bad, and, and look to correct it. Honestly, I think losses are... are by weeks after losses are better than by weeks after wins.
0: Mm-hmm. So we'll see how uh, everything shakes out with six games on deck, and we have to be better this week than we were last week. There's nowhere to go but up, so we're going to head over to the pick pond, feed some ducks, and bring you our week nine NLO Beer Money Picks of the Week brought to you by Ken Wood Beer, the official beer partner of underground sports philadelphia it's a refreshing light beer just 4.1 abv only 120 calories just eight grams of carbs go to kenwoodbeer.com use the kenny finder to see who's got kenwood beer on tap in the philadelphia pittsburgh new jersey and maryland areas i had some people dming me that live in the area Deege, that said yo have been listening to the pod they got kenny's on deck at my local at my local spots The people are loving the Kenny's. You can also check out their website to get Kenwood apparel, merchandise, like the pint glasses that are absolute gays. They got Kenny sweatshirts, hats, shirts, the whole nine yards. You can also get Kenwood beer at your local liquor stores in those markets that I mentioned. Must be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. We start in Vancouver. As the Colorado Mammoth take on the Vancouver Warriors, how do you see this one playing out?
1: I like Colorado. Um, their offense looks good, and one thing you brought up um, is Connor Robinson going over on shots, but having six assists. That's something he could do any night of the week, but mm-hmm. I don't expect him to go over again. Um, And I expect a few more guys help offensively. Colorado comes out with a win.
0: Uh, I'm with you. I think Colorado has the overall just full team effort to go and get it done. I think it's going to be a great game, but I think Colorado comes away with the win. Then we move to the Battle of the Nest. It's the Rochester Nighthawks, the Halifax Thunderbirds in Halifax. Both teams trying to... uh, keep pace and and stay in the playoff hunt rochester at three and two halifax is at two and three and right now would not be in the postseason i'm intrigued by this one i think there's gonna be a lot of offense i think it's gonna come down to whoever has the ball in their stick for that final shot but i gotta go rochester they've been the more consistent team so far this season and I think they have the the wherewithal to uh to get a dub against Halifax
1: uh, I don't like games like this <laughs> I have to agree. I think Rochester has just been more consistent offensively. Halifax has been really good on defense. Warren Hill has been great. Obviously, they're getting uh, great help from Weathers on getting possessions, but they're not necessarily scoring on those possessions. And Rochester is. Uh, so I go Rochester to edge out in a very close game.
0: Then we move to Toronto. As the Toronto Rock take on the Buffalo Bandits. Deej, how do you see this heavyweight matchup shaking out
1: up in Hamilton? Buffalo's coming in with weird vibes. They've been going up and down all year. Uh, Three and three, I believe, on the year. Let me check that. Yeah, three and three on the year. So coming in 500. Um, And Toronto's absolutely rolling. No TD, but I don't think that affects things too much. Rosie in between pipes is great. The offense is flowing. Uh, I got to go Toronto.
0: Um, I'm looking at Buffalo's schedule here. So they lost to Albany to kick off their season on the road. They also lost to the Riptide on the road this past week. Um, Their only other loss was at home against the Georgia Swarm, 9-8. to And they beat the Seals at home. They beat the Mammoth at home. And they beat the Rochester Nighthawks uh, on the road. Haven't been a good road team this year. Have not done it on the road. It is one of those things that we have said. Until they prove us otherwise... You gotta go with them. But I don't think Buffalo's losing on Josh Byrne contract extension week. Give me the bandits. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna get it done. And uh they'll improve their win-loss record this week with a big win over the Toronto Rock. Solid. Then we move to Long Island. The New York Riptide hosting the Georgia Swarm. This is a battle of your teams. League pass and your uh, your New York Riptide.
1: I just hope both teams
0: have fun. <laughs> Jeff Teat versus Lyle Thompson. I got to go with Georgia right now. Um, just the way that they're playing, the speed that they're playing with, and uh, not that. New York doesn't have good goaltending, but I think Dobson supersedes what uh, Cam Dunkerley has done so far this year. So give me the swarm to get a win on the road.
1: Do I actually have to pick this game? Um, but no, in, in in reality, it comes down to, um, like you said, goalie play. And Brett Dobson is edging that. Weird circle of guys who are just the best right now, Um, no matter indoor, outdoor, sixes, whatever you want it to be. Brett Dobson's going to be in the conversation for best goalie on the planet, Um, so I expect him to win this battle as well. Give me league pass, the gorgeous one.
0: Then we move to Philadelphia at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Wings hosting the San Diego Seals. Should be a doozy of a game trevor baptiste homecoming and uh should be a lot of excitement in this one across the board get a nll debut on the, the wing side of things with nick Rowlett. dj how do you see uh the battle of the 2018-2019 expansion teams shaken out
1: trevor baptiste about to wear all black to off funeral it's so it's disrespectful
0: for no reason
1: it's that simple. But but no, really what this comes down to is offenses. The Wings are able to score with anybody, but at the same time, San Diego's actually been filling the net this year, and that's a big reason why they're 4-2. and two. The two games they lost this year, they were offensive battles where they just got outscored. And I don't know if the Wings are in a position right now to go toe-to-toe with them offensively and outscore them. This is one of those
0: matchups that Hopefully the unified standings will help curate it a bit more too. That it should be a rivalry. These two teams came into the league the same year. They've played in the playoffs one time in 2022 and the Seals barely squeaked out the win there, uh, winning 10-9. to And this, this just feels like a game that should be more heated and should become a rivalry east-west coast. Um, and and I'm going to enjoy being able to see the seals in person. It sucks that Kevin Crowley's not there anymore, so I don't get to see Big Cat, um, come to town. But Trevor's in town. It's going to be a fun matchup. I'm trying to find the all-time uh like record between these two teams. I don't know if the Wings have ever beaten. No, they have the wings did beat the the seals late in that 2021-2022 season um to help secure that wild card. So I think they have one win against them all time. Um but I think the wings need this game more in terms of standings, in terms of direction of season. They're 2 and 3 right now. If the playoffs started today, they'd be the 8 seed. I think the wings want to try to climb themselves out of being like that last team in type of vibe that they have around them and they want to get a win at home. They got to get a win at home. So I'm going to go with the wings to, uh, to get the win here. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I also think the wings have a little bit of a rest advantage because they had a bye week on top of the postponement. So they've had two weeks to kind of get their bodies ready a little more rest than what they probably anticipated coming into this game. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Wings as you take the Seals in this one. And then uh, we move to the final game of the weekend. Panther City at Las Vegas. How do you see this one
1: shaking out, teach I think last time these two played, we aired on the side of our League Pass team. And it came up just short. Panther City has been a weird team this year, but so is Vegas. Um, it's hard to beat a team twice in a year, but I'll take Panther City to do it. This is honestly for a playoff spot right now. Vegas is seven, but just a couple places back, Tied at two and three is Panther City. So the winner of this will be in that top eight. The loser will be in the bottom half. So this this is a huge game, but I think Panther City and TK have have what it takes. I'm going to go
0: Vegas. I like the energy that Vegas has been dishing out in their, not only their most recent game, getting that dub over San Diego, but they're kind of playing with like this chip on their shoulder that nobody believes in them. Nobody thinks that they can go out and and beat a team on any given night. I think they're Joel Watson has been absolutely hilarious on Twitter recently with some of the stuff he's been posting. Um, I just like the vibe around this team right now and couple that with they are our league pass team for the pod. I think Vegas is going to get a a nice little home win and even out this series uh, to kind of make tiebreakers a little more difficult for us down the stretch. So give me Vegas to get a win which our picks now look like this for week nine. We both have Colorado. We both have Rochester. You've got Toronto. I've got Buffalo. We both have Georgia. You've got San Diego. I've got Philadelphia. you have got Panther City. And I've got Las Vegas. And those are the week nine NLL Beer Money Picks of the Week brought to you by Kenwood Beer. Let's shift to the field game, Deej. It's brought to you by Tomahawk Shades. The best small batch eyewear in the game. From sunglasses to blue light glasses to prescription lenses and, of course, those ski goggles. Tomahawk Shades has you covered for a fraction of the price of the big eyewear companies. You already know. It's wintertime. Deej, we had snow here uh, recently. And, man, walking outside... You need those sunglasses because the sun beaming off that snow is insane. Something real. It's
1: insane. It was so bad here earlier. I thought it was snowing. It's horrible. It was like bright and I like walked by and I like went back and was like, is this snowing? I was like, oh, no, the snow's just really bright.
0: And you know what's ridiculous right now? It's 60 degrees today.
1: (laughs) Oh, we're getting some of that soon. So
0: It's nuts. Uh but I'm wearing the blue light glasses when I'm watching. Look across on TV when I'm editing the podcast, staring at my phone. It really helps your eyes be less strained. you sleep better. And Tomahawk Shades, the quality of the glasses is second to none and it's a fraction of the price of those big eyewear companies. Go to tomahawkshades.com or download the Tomahawk Shades app in the app store or Google Play. And when you go to check out when your cart is filled to the brim, use code usp for 25% off your order at tomahawkshades.com or in the tomahawkshades app that's code usp for 25% off from our friends at tomahawk shades dj the pll coming in hot with a big old announcement on Thursday as we record this with homecoming passes they're equivalent to season tickets where you secure your seat at your team's home stadium for not only 2024 but 2025 as well i think this initiative and this concept is so fucking smart i love this idea as soon as i saw the post about it it is so so innovative it's a creative way to implement their version of season tickets homecoming passes will give fans full access to their team's doubleheader homecoming weekend with the option to lock in preferential pricing and seating locations for 2025 uh statement here from our guy friend of the pod mike rabel Making season tickets available to our team's most dedicated fans is an exciting evolution for the PLL as we enter this new era for our league. As we continue to build fandom and connection with our team's founding homecoming pass holders will be part of league history when they watch their team's face-off for the first time this summer in their home market. I love this idea. This is so awesome, and Mike put a tweet out that this was inspired by The two Water Dogs fans from the championship game who had their faces painted, had the flags uh, with the Water Dogs logo on it and just waving them in the stands at Subaru Park, which I think is absolutely awesome. Because when you think of like super fans in the league, like those guys stand out in your brains. And uh, this is such a good way to just continue that growth of home markets with fans. I'm
1: just jealous because... I can't even buy one if I wanted to, not that I needed to, but like I can't. Um and then I can't like tell people to go buy them either cuz where are they going to go buy them? Um but no, this is this is awesome. It gives people kind of that uh that feeling that things are going to start to go where they want them to, where they're going to settle down in that city and they'll be able to buy season tickets and go to multiple games a year and and make it a thing for their family or make a date night, whatever the case may be. It's just another step in the right direction. I also think it's cool that they're locking in for the next year as well. I think that's how you get fans to continuously come back is, oh, this price point that we have for this year is going to be the price point for the next two to three years. If you get them this year, dude, people are going to just come just because, okay, I'm getting really good seats for 60 bucks and even if tickets go up for the next three years, I'm locked in at 60 bucks. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take these good seats and this good price because it's there. So, like, it, this is nothing but good things coming for the sport, for the league, and and I like the step it's taking. I just can't wait till they settle down in the Midwest and I can tell people to rush and go get their season tickets.
0: I am uh, trying to see because it says deposits are live, so I'm trying to see if there's a uh... – thing here for the prices so i'm just gonna click on philly see what a ballpark range looks like
1: i wonder if like what the tier sections
0: are like dude that's not bad the initial deposit is so nice for philly alone this is i'll check and see if it's for every team the initial deposit general admission seat Blah blah blah. You lock in that seat in Philly. Your initial deposit's twenty five dollars.
1: That's not bad to lock
0: in for season tickets for the Water Dogs at Villanova Stadium. I am gonna check around the other teams too. I'll click on the Redwoods here. Redwoods, same thing. Twenty five bucks. Every every looks like that's gonna be every team. Uh, for the initial deposit, that's such a steal. To be able to lock in year one as somebody who has partial season tickets for the Philadelphia Phillies that I bought in for last year with two seats at a price point for 13 games that broke down to just about that price per game per ticket, that's a steal. And you're getting in year one, and like we said, you get that, that preferential opportunity. To then buy in at that same price for next season as well. That's a steal. That is a steal. Like... Think about if you had the opportunity for these eight markets. If you're a fan in any of these markets. If you had the opportunity year one to buy in on season tickets for... The Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, for the Patriots, the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Bruins, like, the Knicks, the the Mets, the Yankees, the Nets, the Islanders, the, the Rangers. Even, like, the Carolina Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes. Any team in California. <laughs> Think about being able to buy in year one of the Los Angeles Lakers. Like... That's what you're getting the opportunity to do here with these eight teams. And I'm sure moving forward, when other teams come into the fold, it'll be very similar. You have a chance to be like a year one season ticket holder equivalent for your home market team. This is not even an ad for the PLL from us. Like, I'm saying this is a genuine just like sports fan. And somebody who, my entire life, I aspired to have season tickets for a team, and like finally being able to accomplish that—it's such a awesome feeling. To say, "Wow, like I'm a season ticket!" Those are my seats. If you have the means to do so, take advantage of this opportunity. You won't regret it. You'll be able to have those bragging rights for the rest of your life. Saying I was a year one homecoming pass holder for the Water Dogs, for the Chaos, for the Whip Snakes, whatever team it may be. Take advantage of this because opportunities like this don't come around every day, every year. If you are in one of those eight home markets, we just told you it's $25 for the initial deposit. That is nothing. That's nothing. That's like half a cup of coffee at, at certain coffee chains. Take advantage of it. Go go get these home passes. Now, and be be an OG like hardcore fan for your team. I saw I saw Nate on Twitter. You know who I'm talking about? He said, you know, I'm debating whether or not to get it for the cannons because I live in New England or to get it for Chaos to give me an excuse to go home (laughs) to North Carolina. That's the opportunity you have here. Get those season tickets. Like, I'm genuinely thinking about getting them for us, for Philly. To give away. To say, hey, go sit in the underground sports season tickets so we have them
1: that's not a bad idea
0: i'm genuinely thinking about it i'm i'm gonna text pat Pitts and say bro go get season tickets for the boston cannons buy in i'm gonna text steven mcavoy bro i know albany's a little bit further away from from queens go get new york atlas season tickets you're telling me D- you don't think Diggs is going to go and get Redwoods season tickets now? Especially because they're playing in San Diego? Maybe. That boy's going to be all over them.
1: You know he'd be running with the Bulls.
0: For now. So he sees how nasty the Redwoods are in sixes.
1: You think he's going to switch up? He might switch <laughs> up. He's going to be like
0: Freddie and iCarly and be like, and it's going to be Redwoods gear.
1: If anything, if anything, he'll <laughs> he'll just join. And I'm gonna and tell I'm gonna tell him be his second favorite squad,
0: my boy Mikey Ostrowski. He lives in North Carolina. Go get chaos season tickets, bro.
1: Hey, the Utah homies that called yes. me out in 2021, go get your season tickets. I'm not gonna see you Denver homies. Go take over Peter Barton. Get your season tickets, Maryland.
0: Come on now. I know the Ravens got a big old playoff game this week. But while you're waiting, go yeah, get Whipsnake season, season tickets. Season. I'm Dem- genuinely thinking about buying in with Water Dogs home passes and being able to say, yo, go take in Water Dogs lacrosse. $25 is nothing. Nothing. For an initial deposit, like, for context, like, Initial deposit this year for my season tickets for the Phillies was, like, over
1: $100. I just thought about it. The OG deposit. I can't wait for, like, actual season tickets. I just caught some, and then, like, that's the easiest way to introduce new people to the game. Mm -hmm. Yo, I got this thing for you. I got a hotel for us already. Just hop in the car with me. I got your ticket. I got everything. You just got to bring yourself some cash. Lacrosse will skyrocket once people are able to start doing that. And this is the first soiree into it. Yep, this is such a good first step. I I love this.
0: Yeah, we're. I'm. I'm 90% sure I'm going to be doing that for the dogs.
1: I like that idea a lot.
0: It makes too much sense not to do. Makes too much sense not to do. Like too much sense. You know how cool it is to say that like you're a season ticket holder or even a partial season ticket holder for a team. Like I got to experience that this past year for the first time and it truly felt like I checked off a box on like life accomplishments as a sports fan. Because like those are like cuz you know when you're going to a game especially with this, you know it's the homecoming weekend. Like those are memories that will stick with you forever. When I was going to Philly's playoff games with CFO Margie, like those are moments in my life that like I'll never forget. I'm in Philly's overalls yelling at a boy to an Atlanta Braves player because Harper just absolutely demolished his life. I'm out there yelling once a game during the playoffs. The, oh brother, this guy stinks. Like you get to be in the arena and root for your team at a level that is just like elevated because it's like i'm here this is the game i was like i selected for myself like eagles fans get honored every game if they've been longtime season ticket holders like i was at the preseason game for the eagles this year like there was a guy who was a season ticket holder for over 50 years for the philadelphia eagles There's a guy on the NFL countdown show this week for the Detroit Lions that the season tickets have been in his family since the 60s. He
1: was up there crying just like everybody else. Facts. (laughs) Rightfully so. Facts. Facts. That was not a joke. That was like legitimate though.
0: Like to be able to witness your team and be a part of history like this. DJ saying this with no allegiance to a team. In terms of a home market, and I'm saying this to all of our Philadelphia listeners and to all of our listeners, because we know we are across the U.S. Worldwide. Worldwide. If you have the means to do so, take advantage of this opportunity, because they don't come around
1: every day. And you don't want to be on the outside looking in. Exactly. It is something that if you don't do it, you're going to regret not doing it. Because who knows kind of how they... What I'm going to say is PLL does a great job of holding down their day ones. They're supporting mm-hmm. people who buy into them. They make sure that they, excuse me, they find a way to not only support them, but reward them and let them know that they see them. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but, oh my God, maybe I should stop talking. Um, the, I don't know how it's going to work, but there's a chance that they grandfather this first group of season ticket holders into some kind of lower pricing for the next level of season tickets that they do. Like, getting in as early as you can not only shows that you actually care about the PLL and lacrosse and want to see it grow, but that you support the PLL at its whole and and value what they're doing, and they tend to really show that love and support back to those who are, who are doing the same. So take advantage now because it may pay off later.
0: And I mean, they're it's already telling you 2025, off. your prices to be the same.
1: Yep. It's going to pay off. Of it, man. It's paying off today. When you do it, it's paying off next year as well. And then who knows three, four five years down the line, when they bump this package up to something new, they're like, Hey, yeah, you were around and you've had season tickets since we first brought it out. We're giving you fifty dollars off or something you just don't know how they're gonna do or you know what this year's on us but you know next year from from here on out you got to pay and like you just don't know how they're
0: imagine like you were saying like when there's actual season tickets and when it's you know these teams have their own stadium or it's like okay we're symbiotically in the same stadium as team x that is also in our city like You're going to be able to say, yo, I'm a season ticket holder for my squad. These are my seats at our stadium. Mm -hmm. Like, that is something that, like, you can't replicate that feeling. And, like, knowing that, like, I bought in year one. I was year one for my squad. Can't recommend it enough. I'm telling everybody right now, if you're in the Philadelphia area, there's a 90% chance right now when we finish recording this episode we will be buying in for Water Dog's homecoming passes um, and having somebody come out to week three to use our our tickets. So stay locked in there. Some other uh, PLL hot stove news. Um, just a couple signings happened this week. The boy, your favorite player's favorite player, speaking of Philly, Ryan Ambler, Resigned with the archers through 2025 so he is back with the boys uh connor D. simone was traded obviously from the archers to the outlaws uh he is signed through 2025 now with the outlaws um looking here peyton smith uh still a free agent i was it says new team for 20 he signed through 2024 um i think they just re-signed him even though he didn't hit the threshold but i believe he is re-signed through 2024 with atlas um i forget if we touched on this craig chick is back with the cannons i forget if we talked about that last week or not through 2024 um chris Kluche signed through 2026 with chaos and the other big one was mikey mess mike messenger has re-signed with the Outlaws through 2025 so the outlaws get their uh their short stick MIDI group all back together and uh i think that was all of the signings that have happened the other news that we haven't really touched on um that came out recently was just updates that they are doing to the pll app which i think is pretty exciting there's gonna be a lot of new features in the app uh, for 2024, have you seen any of these Deej? No. So let me pull it up here, um, because I know the boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Rabel has talked about it. So yeah, last week, um, it was probably like after we finished recording. So some big updates coming to the PLL Nation uh, feature in the app in 2024. Expanded benefits for PLL Nation members, new experiences to immerse in, revamped achievements to showcase your fandom, exclusive on-site experiences, and Deed, you're going to be excited for this one. Portal Jones, get ready. College pick and predictions.
1: Ah! I like that. It allows me to get, you know, a few extra XP points college pickums going I'll, I'll down i definitely have more xp points than you since you don't watch any college
0: <laughs> hey i yeah, mean y'all, i won't
1: log in and just pick that don't mean you are going to get them right you don't know nothing y'all exactly get, like, this man don't watch no college lacrosse i don't get it i, I don't get it you, we going we going to do a college college lacrosse otb cast i'm down for that you going to watch I'm going to figure out how to get you contractually written into an agreement that we're going to watch at least one game a week, (laughs) a week, a week. (laughs) It's not that bad, bro. You know how many games we're on in a week? Like 20. We, we, you can find time to watch one. (laughs) I'm not saying we got OTP cast everyone, but you got to watch down
0: for a college OTB cast. I will say that. I will put that out on the record. Um, some other things in the article about the revamps here statuses will carry over from last season so all the work you put in uh in pll nation um the previous year will have their statuses carry over into 2024 and we have breaking news deej breaking news
1: okay i
0: gotta i gotta cue it up here breaking news breaking news breaking news the Atlanta Falcons have done the most Atlanta Falcons thing ever. They will not be hiring future defensive coordinator of the Chesapeake Bayhawks, Bill Belichick. Let's go. We're one step closer. The Falcons plan to hire Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as their next head coach. I mean, that's, that's
1: lit. We want more Belichick not
0: to the Falcons still not with an NFL team and the chrome foil hat theory lives on, um, back to PL nation, uh, additives here. Um, So it says this means that fans can immediately enjoy the rewards unlocked at the status they earned in 2023. So whatever status level you ended last season, at, that's where you start. The goal then becomes maintaining that status to avoid losing the earned benefits the next year. I like that as well. Uh, The article says think of this. You'll love this. Think of this like airline statuses. Once you earn it, you have it, but you have to continue to earn it every year. For new PLL Nation members, the journey is all about building fandom from free agent to MVP and unlocking the benefits as you reach new statuses. Um, So, example, just so everyone knows. A fan that reached MVP in 2023 holds that status all of 2024, and if they finish 2024 in the All-Star status range, their status shifts down to All-Star for 2025. Uh, your level, blah blah blah, expanded member benefits for PLL Nation members. Um, PLL Nation fans in 2023 earn benefits like championship game tickets, exclusive merch and discounts, and status among peers. We'll be dropping the benefits for 2024 closer to the 30th, so that we don't, because uh, so we don't want to spoil it too much. But we've raised the bar for benefits available to PLL Nation members this year we wanted to keep things simple so we've made it where new benefits get unlocked as you reach a new status so new experiences to immerse in um from the sense of community it gives to securing core memories by the way of dominating family members in weekly fantasy on top of the ones you know and love we're introducing new experiences for you to further immerse yourself into revamped achievements to showcase your fandom um building your PLL knowledge, watching or attending games, engaging with other fans and helping spread the PLL and more, more badges, you win when your team wins, on-site experiences, college pick and predictors, community features. So get credit for engaging in discussions with fellow fans and helping grow your fan base both in PLL Nation and your local area. And PLL Nation 2024 starts January 30th. couple days away couple days away um i'm very excited for that i think the app has been a godsend for us in terms of just like being able to keep up to date with things and getting notifications and when you're at a game in person it's awesome as well so uh the pl app is fantastic and that's not an ad but just download that thing because it will help raise the level of your Pll fandom to a T
1: uh but speaking of keeping up to date no grant amen in the champ series it's sad but we do get to see uh uh Nate Nate Solomon. and in his absence and we're not gonna talk about what happened off pod between me and KB when talking about this whole scenario. Just know it was absolutely hilarious. Um, But, yeah, I, I think this is another one of those shots where, like, it sucks that Grant isn't going to be out there, but it's a great chance for Nate to kind of show what he has and how he could help the Archers and possibly earn himself a roster spot. But he's an electric player, as is his time at Syracuse. was great. I think he brings great things to the offense, and he'll slide right in in, in this sixes style. So uh, not too concerned there. And the other piece is um, – championships fox championships this year's going to be in Chip. no it was just on the tip of my tongue i don't remember where this year's is going to be but i know um next year's 2025 and then 2027 for men 2025 for women are both going to be in japan um or maybe i have that wrong and this year's japan Give me just a 2nd um, not always good at doing these things. Oh, 2024 is going to be in New York? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they announced 2025 that's going to be in the same spot for men's. Here we go. Um What is going on here? 2025 men's U20 going to be in South Korea. Women's U-20 is going to be in Hong Kong. Men, women's 2024 is going to be in Utica. And then men's and women's 2026. The old world championships are going to be Japan. Sixes championships for men's and women's 2026 has not been announced yet. So that's the newest of the new
0: that new-new. Yeah. New. Uh, and Deej, sorry about uh, Coach ball leaving for the NFL.
1: Hey, I'm happy he's going to the Chargers because I was more concerned about him ending up in a place that isn't good for him. I think we're, hey. Do you have an AFC team now? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. My allegiances are here in the NFC North. I said S, I put an S on the end of that because I am a secondary Lions fan and always have been. But Packers are my go-to. We're staying over here in the NFC North. I do wish well to Jim Harbaugh, and uh, I just hope that Michigan has an okay season this year. So I'm scared of, scared of that team down there, though. They're if if they the went pa- a lot of money.
0: Say the Packers and Lions are just out of it at some point, but the Chargers are in the playoffs. Are you rooting for the Chargers? What about the, no, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying if your teams are completely out of it, but the Chargers are there because he's your guy. You're not hoping that they get a dub.
1: I'd be rooting for black quarterbacks if my guys ain't in it. Just, just all reality, bro. Like I want nobody more than Lamar Jackson to win a championship this year. The Lions. I'm saying this year. I'm saying
0: like in the future while Harbaugh every, is
1: there. That's every year. That's every year. If the Packers can't win it, I want a black quarterback to do it. And that's just me being real. Amy no McCall. loyalty to your guy. No kids. <laughs> he ain't got no loyalty to us. He they had a chance the bag, bro. He had a chance to come in and create the next dynasty with the man Nick Saban walking right out the door. What this man do?
0: See ya. The yeah, NFL calling. He probably heard some sanctions and said, "Skirt, let me be on my Chip
1: Kelly shit, <laughs> bro." Just take the sanctions. Just take them. Not I a loved. Warren, I love
0: the one meme where, uh, what's it? Your offensive coordinator that they're saying is probably going to be the next coach.
1: Oh, Sharon Moore.
0: Yeah, it, it said Harbaugh to Sharon Moore on his way out, and it was the scene from Batman where Bane was like, "They're expecting one of us to be in the rubble." <laughs> Hey,
1: hey, <laughs> they are, <laughs> they are. So, take this one for for the team, big guy. Dude, maybe Connor Stallions can
0: be the head coach
1: now. No,
0: <laughs> no, no. Do you think Connor Stallions goes to the Chargers as like a, a quality control I coach part of
1: that man's manifest? bro. No, absolutely not. No. Not okay.
0: It would be hilarious if he went to he the a as a quality control coach.
1: Oh my god! Please, I need it. Actually, I need it. That would be so great. You know, oh my, the Ohio fans would just crumble. California oh. Connor.
0: It would be electric, no pun intended. Um, California Connor's
1: dope nickname. <laughs>
0: make sure you guys are following us on the socials at otb laxpod twitter instagram tiktok threads facebook.com slash underground sports phi follow dj on twitter at scs underscore next great follow me at kbizzl l311 subscribe to the podcast feed apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts leave a five-star rating and review it really does go a long way for helping this show continue to grow helps us do a whole lot more with and for you guys and uh It'll benefit you if you're in the Philadelphia area or a surrounding area, if you're subscribed to the pod to potentially uh, be part of an opportunity to have uh, access to our homecoming pass for the Water Dogs. Um, and you know what else will help that? If you subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's the most effective and direct way to support us and everything we're doing here. Uh, as you get full video episodes of this show every week, Full video episodes of every show on our network. Live streams, clips, shorts, original video content. It's all on our YouTube channel. As we finish up this recording, we are sitting at 726 subscribers. Let's get to 800 before the end of January. I know it's a tall task, but let's make it happen. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And get your merch, co. code underground for 10% off your order. Link is in the description this has been episode number 307 of under, of the award-dominated, honorably mentioned, NC number nine NCAA ranked, and, of course, viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box podcast. I was in my brain because Dom filled in on the main pod last night. We were talking a little water dogs as well, uh, and he was baffled that we were on episode 606 of the main pod. I was like, we're on our Lilo and Stitch alien grind. Cause we're approaching stitch number, but I was like, my brain started processing through. I was like, is there a 307 alien from Lilo and stitch? I don't think so. And then my brain immediately went to the the sandwich stacker game. That was on Disney
1: <laughs>
0: real ones. know that one. Uh, but this has been episode 307 of OTB for Deej. I'm KB. We'll catch you guys next week. Enjoy this weekend of lacrosse. If you're going to be at the Wells Fargo Center, come say what's up. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.
1: Peace. that's outside the box.